The following is a presentation of Boston Free Radio and 320 Entertainment. This week on The Chop Session, we kick off our next-to-last season with John Shipton and Gabriel Shipton, the father and brother of the founder of WikiLeaks, Julian Assange. We are talking all things Ithaca. What is good, y'all? It is your man, the indefinable Sterling Golden, back in the building once more. This is the season six premiere of The Chop Session, a presentation of Boston Free Radio and 320 Entertainment. And yes, it is true, y'all. You've heard it on social media. This is, in fact, our next to last, our penultimate season of The Chop Session. Our final season kicks off later this year on the 18th of September. But till then, we've got some brand new discussions to drop on y'all this season. And in case you're just joining us for the first time, the award-winning Chop Session is intimate and thought-provoking conversation with the names you need to know now. And season six will be no exception, especially considering who is pulling up for our season premiere. This week, to kick off season six of The Chop Session, we have the father and brother of the great journalist and founder of WikiLeaks, Julian Assange. Of course, I am talking about Julian's father, John Shipton, and Julian's brother, Gabriel Shipton. You see, we are here this week to discuss all things Ithaca. What is Ithaca? It is an award-winning documentary film, filmed over two years across the UK, Europe, and the US, written and directed by Ben Lawrence and produced by Gabriel Shipton. Ithaca details John Shipton's tireless campaign to save his son Julian Assange, who sadly is today the world's most famous political prisoner. Julian Assange has become an emblem of an international arm wrestle over freedom of journalism, government corruption, and unpunished war crimes. Now, with Julian facing a 175-year sentence if extradited to the States, his family members are confronting the prospect of losing Julian forever to the abyss of the U.S. justice system. Y'all, this David and Goliath struggle is personal. And with Julian's health declining in a British maximum security prison and American government prosecutors attempting to extradite him to face trial in the States on espionage charges, the clock is indeed ticking. Before we get to our conversation with the Shiptons, here now is some audio detailing more for y'all about Ithaca. Our conversation with John Shipton and Gabriel Shipton is up next. Keep it locked right here on Boston Free Radio. Can we talk about your contact with Julian through his childhood? It's part of the story. I think it isn't important. part of the story. Yeah. The story is that, I, you know, I'm attempting in my own modest way yeah. to get Julian out of the ship. Julian Assange is the hero of our time. He was the darling of the left. All of a sudden, he's a puppet of Russia. My name is John Shipton. I'm Julian Assange's father. 
WikiLeaks found that Julian Assange has been arrested. One of the most notorious and controversial figures in custody. Assange will remain behind bars until that extradition hearing, which has been set down for the end of February. I urge the Department of Justice to drop the charges. The maximum jail sentence of 175 years. Because he published the truth. How does it feel to be the father of such a controversial figure, somebody who's not known around the world? We've sat him on the phone before. Yeah. 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 What are you talking about on a on a kind of regular basis? If Julian is extradited to the United States to face these charges, he will be the first, but not the last. What are your worst fears? It just collapses under the strain. It looks as though what journalists do for a living is seen to be a criminal act. Shit to keep it up, man. Thank you. I wish I had your energy, I really do. I'm done, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I mean, I'm fucking doing out. Why do you think there's not a great public love and support? This is really, truly a good question. What's at stake? If he goes down, so will journalism. But if people walked away from this film understanding you, how would you feel about that? We're here, and this has only come about because we have a child in the ship, hmm. and we want to get him out. By the way, y'all, later on in this broadcast, we'll let you know where you can see Ithaca next as it tours North America with screenings, question and answer sessions, and so much more. But for now, here this evening on our season premiere of The Chop Session, we are honored to welcome the father of the great Julian Assange, John Shipton, and Julian's brother and producer of Ithaca, Gabriel Shipton. Gentlemen, happy Monday evening. Welcome to the CHOP session. What's good? A pleasure to be here, Sterling. You know, we're battling along. Uh, all right, getting uh, really good, strong audiences, uh, particularly last night in uh, in Cape Cod. It was just wonderful venue and yeah. terrific audience. Absolutely. You know, for those listening, by the time you hear this, we had screenings in the New England area, in the Cape Cod area of Dennis, Massachusetts, and at the time of this recording, there's one coming up for Somerville Mass at the regarded Somerville Theater. You know, and I'm sure it's going to be another fabulous screening and Q&A. And we're looking forward to sharing Ithaca with the folks of Somerville this evening. Yeah, looking forward to it as well. It's been a, I think we've done about 20, 20 or so screenings around the US and the, you know, the reception, um, it's been overwhelming really the yeah. uh, very emotional audiences and, you know, I think it hits differently here in the U.S. Certainly does. You know, I myself, you know, I've long been an advocate for Julian Assange's efforts and for WikiLeaks and I've made that known on shows of mine over the years and everything, but we're here to discuss Ithaca this evening here on The Chop Session. And for those who have not yet seen Ithaca. We're talking about an award-winning documentary written and directed by Ben Lawrence and produced by Gabriel Shipton, the brother of Julian Assange. Tracing the ongoing efforts of Julian's father, John Shipton, 
to rescue his son from United States imprisonment on espionage charges. Of course, as you know, Julian Assange is the great journalist, publisher, and activist who founded WikiLeaks in 2006. And of course, through Julian's tremendous efforts with WikiLeaks, he has epitomized truth in journalism. Now, I want to know what led to the idea of this film as a vehicle to share this ongoing journey to free Julian Assange. Well, uh, I'm a film producer. I usually, well, you know, my background is uh, scripted drama films, uh, you know, feature films that that sort of uh, that sort of content. Uh, and it was back in 2019 when we first started uh, filming for Ithaca. We filmed over a two, two, three-year period, um, you know, over 230 days of of footage uh, over that period. So it was a very, very, you know, intense uh, intense filming period and we covered, covered a lot of ground. But it was back in 2019 when Julian had just been taken from the Ecuadorian embassy where he right. spent seven, half, seven and a half years, um, the Ecuadorian government had given him asylum but in 2019, uh, he was taken from there by the UK police and put in a maximum security prison yeah. uh, just outside of London. And it was going to see him there in that prison that, you know, really pushed uh, pushed me to start thinking about how can I use my uh, skills developed in the film industry and as a film producer to tell a side of the story uh, that we understood uh, as Julian's family, as Julian's, as the people uh, closest to Julian, we had this bit of a disconnect of what we were seeing in the media and what we were seeing people reporting on, and what we knew to be actually happening, and and yeah. what we knew uh, Julian to be actually going through, and so it was really to set out uh, to tell this side of the story um, and and do it through. Uh, John and Stella, the people, uh, Julian's father and wife, the yes. people, mm-hmm. the family at the centre of this fight to free Julian, but also at this in the middle of this uh, global arm wrestle uh, between those who would like to use uh, classification and secrecy laws to hide their crimes uh, against the people who have a right to know what governments do in their name. Absolutely. You know, I think those efforts... You know, we have, as advocates for Julian Assange's journalistic efforts, have long recognized, you know, everything he has put into WikiLeaks and exposing war crimes, exposing things that have been covered up. You know, we'll get to those later on. And I think it's a fabulous thing that we have a film like Ithaca out there on screen that can show, you know, the efforts that he's put in and the ongoing efforts to free Julian Assange, because we're talking about, y'all, if you don't know, okay, we're talking about the possibility of Julian Assange facing a near two-century imprisonment on what they say is espionage charges, and understandably, as family, you are going to, you know, fight tirelessly with consistent hard work and passion to free Julian and allow him to continue those journalistic efforts that he has long been championed for by those who understand those efforts and don't, you know, look at it as some sort of negative, you know, I mean, I think people who are tuned into it and dialed in really get it and understand that a film like Ithaca, I think educates those who don't, 
get it and may have heard one side of the story and don't get a fair telling of said story. You know, so I applaud y'all for getting this out there. Yourself, Gabriel, and Ben Lawrence. And of course, we've got to turn now to John Shipton. I understand, John, that very much like your son, growing up, you were an activist as well against war during uh, Vietnam. In fact, you're quoted in Ithaca as saying, quote, I never found a war I liked, unquote. I would like to hear from you about those experiences early in life and how they relate to Julian's journalistic efforts. Uh, you, um, you know, we were all young and very passionate about uh, Australia not joining the United States and its other allies, South Korea and so on, in the destruction of Vietnam. And uh, over the years, our position has been proved the moral and righteous one. Um, similarly, Julian's release of uh, a documentary evidence of war crimes, for example, collateral murder or the 400,000 uh, files which constitute the Iraq war log or the uh, 95,000 files that cons constitute the Afghan war files or the 250,000 uh, cables that constitute the cable set, this gives us a vital insight into the crimes of the Washington principally, not the United States, but mm -hmm. Washington yeah. in the 21st century. Uh, it's the people themselves who have come up with a description, a descriptor of this, which they call uh, by the its phrase, endless wars yeah. and, and the, the revulsion and the increasing pulse deeper and faster of resistance to these crimes and the demand for uh, some justice to be done, some justice to be seen, is what carries us aloft. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for those who aren't aware of what types of crimes Julian Assange has bravely pulled the veil off of during his time as founder-publisher of WikiLeaks, we're talking about, you know, heinous crimes committed by authority figures in Washington, including the killing of civilians in Iraq and journalists for Reuters back in 2007 you know, as well as sharing details of torture that were endured by prisoners that were detained in Afghanistan. And there's so much more that he has, you know, done tireless work to share with the public. You'd have to go back, you know, Julian was deeply involved in the early days of the internet. Yes. And, you know, going back to those days and, and you know, really recognizing uh, way back then um, the power for the sharing of information, the power of the internet to educate people en masse, uh, people who, uh, you know, didn't have access to a library or uh, didn't uh, didn't work for the State Department, for instance, with a, with a State Department cable set, uh, to really get information to people. And, you know, if you progress from there, you see WikiLeaks develop, which you know, used encryption and this, you know, the architecture of the internet as well as the Tor network to uh, sort of 
automate and really protect whistleblowers and protect journalists in the leaking process and decentralize it as well because it used to be like you said there was leaks were stuck behind this corporate wall behind in these Certainly. in these prestige uh, media outlets and we would only see uh, what what came through that filter uh, but w- with WikiLeaks, it, it, these leaks were available uh, for everyone to report on, uh, for independent journalists as well as the journalists inside these large media organisations. And I think what we've seen continue on from there is the sort of development of these independent journalists. You know, they've and really a continuation of of Julian's uh, philosophy and legacy through WikiLeaks that we now have this. Uh, unbelievable blooming of uh, independent journalists, uh, you know, Substack journalists are now breaking, breaking the biggest stories. Yes. It's no longer coming from uh, these legacy or prestige newspapers. It's coming from, you know, the Substack journalists are the one getting access to, you know, the Twitter files. Or if you look at Cy Hirsch, the uh, story about the uh, Nord Stream 2 pipeline, these are all broken uh, on uh, small blogs. Yeah, it's no longer breaking in in these prestige media outlets, and I think you were going to see that continuation keep going and going. And and you know, I, reading the other day that mm-hmm. um, you know journalists will soon be replaced by AI. I sort of feel sorry sorry for these um, prestige media journalists. Wild because, to think about. Yeah, I mean, what what one day are we just going to be opening the New York Times and reading the? New York Times AI or something like that. So, you know, I think independent journalists and these journalists who have their own, uh, develop their own reputation uh, is a really important step in in getting information, factual information yeah. uh, and good analysis yeah. to us. Kind of scary too how far-reaching artificial intelligence is getting. You know, initially I think people on social media – may have initially seen it as kind of something fun to do with, you know, AI portraits and that kind of stuff. But now we're seeing AI being used to, you know, replace journalists, possibly. We are seeing people use artificial intelligence to even resurrect the voices of, you know, famous deceased celebrities to say whatever message they want, things of that nature which in itself is frightening because imagine what they can do to living celebrities if they chose to do it, you know, using artificial intelligence, you know? So what do you think the takeaway is, you know, this goes for John and for Gabriel, the takeaway is about artificial intelligence and the possible detriment AI may have on society and on journalism and on the internet and really just, you know, taking over things that are meant for humans to be taken care of? Yeah, this is a, <laughs> a giant question and it's what, it, what it requires for its solution or number of solutions is the input of people. That can only come about through the dissemination of understanding information through independent radio stations like yours or mm. blogs or Thank Substack. You. That's the yeah. only source that, that you can have of it. Then you take it home to your family and and your friends and having a beer or coffee. 
discuss what you understand and this forms a culture of understanding, allows us, in the case of uh, the Iraq war files, you know, which is now, of course, the 20-year um, anniversary of the destruction of Iraq, allows us to demand that Washington and those that brought about this catastrophe in the Middle East straighten up and fly right. It's the only way to go. So the, how do we say it? Mm. The road to freedom is through knowledge and access to knowledge is through other people that you can learn to trust and people that allow you to contribute your understanding to the unfolding or evolution of a proper insight into what's happening in government policy. Absolutely. And Gabriel, your thoughts? Uh, well, I think the if we, as John was saying, and I think this sort of rings true to you know, what jo Julian was trying to do with WikiLeaks is uh, these AI algorithms and things like that, they have to be uh, transparent. You know, we have to be able to uh, make our own analysis of them, uh, have their own reporting on them, uh, and really give access to people to really an analyze them and find out what's going on and uh, be criti think critically about them. Uh, if if they're hidden behind walls or uh, like anything, it, it's go it's open to abuse. Uh, so I, I think there needs to be you know greater transparency and greater analysis of a really you know what is behind these uh, what is behind these AI algorithms. You know I think the only way that people have been finding out about them now is through testing. You know testing yeah. out testing their limits. You know finding out you know one. The the one funny one is like you know getting it to write a poem about Trump or getting it to write a poem about Biden. Uh, I think that those were the you know testing the limits of the AI and that. How do we really know what is behind it? You know nobody really has any any idea. So I think transparency and and reporting is is still key, not just for uh, you know this developing new industry, but also for these other parts of government. Uh, that John was talking about, the the war machine. Absolutely. Bottom line, y'all, the AI thing has gone far beyond those fun art portraits we were doing on social media last year. Pay attention to where this is going, okay? Now, back to Ithaca, Gabriel. I'd like to hear more about your role as producer of Ithaca and hear about maybe some experiences you may have had doing the film that have not yet been heard through other interviews. Well, it was a very long process. Uh, I think we were, you know, all in all, three three to four years of um, from beginning to end. Uh, it was, I think, you know, if you if filmmakers know how hard it is, how really hard it is to make a, an independent film, uh, it's it's extremely difficult. Feature films can take up to seven years to to get off the ground, and I think having a you know, personal connection to this and a personal link uh, gave us some sort of superpower to be able to uh, get past all the no's and the hurdles that were put up in front of us along the way. We, it's a political film, a political film that is a counter-narrative. Uh, so 
a lot of the doors uh, were closed to us, uh, a lot of the traditional doors of financing, uh, exhibition in terms of streamers uh, and platforms, a lot of those doors uh, were closed to us and we had a lot, we had maybe 50 pitch meetings, 50 no's, you know, like, uh, but we kept going and, and really having that personal, making it a personal film uh, gives you that push uh, to keep on going. I remember reading uh, Oliver Stone's memoir and he said that about Platoon, you know, Platoon take took many, many years to make, many rewrites, but it was his experience in Vietnam that, that really kept him going uh, to, to, to finally get that film off the ground. And we had a similar experience uh, with Ithaca, um, you know, getting it past these gatekeepers uh, in the funding bodies in Australia as well as, uh, you know, places like Netflix and so on. Um, one thing that we had to really pierce was uh, – this preconception around Julian, this uh, ten years of demonization that Julian had suffered in mm-hmm. the, in the media, yeah. and the dehumanization, and so we'd, you know, we'd d- do these meetings and and have these meetings with these people, and no one would want us. That they basically were saying, "Oh, we don't actually want a film about Julian," you know, and and we sort of we sort of knew we had an idea that 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 existed. Um, that they didn't want a positive film about Julian. And so we continued on, continued on, and eventually we had a rough cut of the film. And uh, we then took the rough cut to the same people who said, who'd said no previously. And they watched the film and they said, well, this isn't actually about Julian. Right. <laughs> it's about John and Stella. Right. And so uh, John and Stella and their journey had this d- disarming effect even uh, at that level uh, of these funding bodies of broadcasters uh, in Australia. So, uh, you know, I think for filmmakers out there, don't take no for an answer. And if you uh, believe in something and it's personal to you, uh, keep going even in the face of uh, all these hurdles that are put up. The story is I'm attempting to get Julian out of the ship. Free Julian. Free the press. Free us all. I understand that some of the footage that we see in Ithaca taken during Julian Assange's time in the embassy of Ecuador was shot at a time when you actually didn't know you were being filmed. Can I hear more about this one, John? Oh, that was... Oh, dear, oh, dear. So Mark Pompeo on the 17th of April 2000... Sorry, 23rd of April 2017 stood up before the CIA... Mm-hmm and said that Julian was a, a hostile non-state spy service, uh, consequently bringing it under the auspices of the CIA to act against a, a news organisation. Now, then a process began where the company that was in charge of security in the Ecuadorian embassy in London, named UC Global, mm-hmm was suborned, bribed, and began spying on Julian, increasing the intensity of spying from simply uh, having microphones to film and microphones. And eventually, Julian and his lawyers, realising those circumstances, 
took their meetings inside the ladies' toilet, just assuming Mm. that they wouldn't, of course, uh, put sound microphones in the ladies' toilet while they were wrong. All of the embassy was completely surveilled in every way. There was a flat across the road that the MI6, MI5, CIA, whichever, had, and the uh, little silver patches were stuck on the window, about the size of a a dollar coin. These uh, patches allow for a, a laser microphone at some distance, let's say 50 metres, 50 yards, to be able to read the conversations that are going on behind the window. Each two weeks, the head of UC Global would fly to the United States with uh, the report and all the recordings. There are over 100 flights involved in that. We know all this because two of the employees of UC Global became whistleblowers, enabling an inquiry judge uh, in Spain to begin an inquiry and begin a court case and lay charges against Morales, who was the, uh, the owner and chair of UC Global. All of that was assembled, plus the testimony of 30 uh, CIA and other intelligence officers, nine of them serving, to uh, two reporters from uh, Yahoo. Now, they assembled a 5,000-word article. Uh, their name is Isakoff and Dorfman. That's the journalist's name. They assembled a 5,000-word article, which is now uh, due for a, a reporter's prize, which verified and expanded upon what I've just said to the extent of testimony outlining that the CIA plan, CIA plan to kidnap, kidnap Julian from the uh, Ecuadorian embassy or poison him, in other words, murder. Wow. This in discussion with MI5, which is the, the similar to the FBI here in London, yeah. they agreed that should Julian try and escape, that the... MI5 would shoot out the tyres of the car and then uh, kidnap Julian and hand him over to the CIA. All fanciful uh, stuff. Um, Eventually, in discussion with uh, the Department of Justice and a CIA representative, the Department of Justice observed that they haven't got any charges laid against Julian. So if you kidnap him, what are we going to do with him? So they went away and came back some short time later with a whole bunch of charges. They had first indictment, second indictment, and third indictment. Um, increasing the and charges as they managed to convince themselves that laying espionage charges, 17 of them, they convinced themselves that this was a proper way to go mm-hmm. and that laying espionage charges against the publisher despite despite the fundamental aspect of the United States Constitution forbidding such thing the First Amendment, despite that, they embarked upon this program and consequently have 
severely chilled mm. media comment on national policy all over the world, making available to every nation state that wishes to copy or use the example of the United States or the Department of Justice, I should say. It's not the United States, it's Washington. Use the example of snatching a person out of another country and removing them to the United States or whichever country desires to embark upon this. Snatching a person for anything that they say that they don't, the other third country doesn't like. Yeah. It's amazing to think about the lengths that some of these entities will go to silence, you know, Julian Assange's efforts. And it's just unbelievable to think about just how far they're willing to take that, you know, including potentially and unfortunately trying to poison the man, you know, for being a truthful journalist, you know, it's incredible. You know, speaking of incredible, you guys, you know, if you have not yet seen Ithaca, okay, here's the latest on screenings of the film. By the time you hear this episode of The Chop Session, wherever you're at in the U.S. or worldwide, the latest is this. Tomorrow night, Tuesday, April the 4th, by the time you hear this, it's tomorrow night. We're talking about the Alamo Draft House, St. Louis, Missouri, in the city foundry on Thursday the 6th and during the afternoon hours. Columbia College in Chicago, Illinois. And also in the evening on Thursday, the Alamo Draft House, Wrigleyville in Chicago. And then on Saturday, we're talking about the Oriental Theater in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And for more information on screenings that are listed for Ithaca, Ithaca as a film itself, and how to request a screening in your area to see this groundbreaking motion picture, go to Ithaca.movie to find out the latest about Ithaca. And on social media, you can follow at Ithaca Movie, I-T-H-A-K-A Movie. Any final words, gentlemen, about the film or about your ongoing efforts to free Julian Assange before we wrap up here? Um, I th- I just want to mention that there is a uh, a dear colleague's letter going around the Congress at the moment, uh, and that's a letter calling on the Garland Department of Justice to drop the charges against Julian Assange. Excellent. And so it's letter it's led by Rashida Tlaib, and uh, it has four sign-ons. Four other Congress people have signed on to that letter, and, and just encouraging people to get in touch with their representatives and uh, ask them to sign that letter. Um, you know, the New York Times has, uh, you know, on the 30th of November, the New York Times actually sent a letter to the Garland DOJ uh, asking them to drop the charges against Julian. So it's a simple way to say to, the, to your representative, well, you know, do you agree with the New York Times position on this case? Yeah. John? Well, <laughs> just in the positive, these leaks and the public publication of these leaks in all of the blogs, newspapers, Substack or WikiLeaks bring about a circumstance where we can say to government, and the government, of course, represents us, straighten up and fly right. Yes. Straighten up, fly right, 
and continue to fight for truth in journalism in a world where unfortunately, you know, fakery and being untruthful are getting embraced more and more. Be that person who works to free the truth, just as Julian Assange has done for so many years as the founder of WikiLeaks. And of course, we want to thank John Shipton and Gabriel Shipton for taking time out here for our season premiere of The Chop Session to pull up and talk about Ithaca and your ongoing efforts. We applaud you and we appreciate you for coming through to our studio this week, gentlemen. Terrific. Thank you, Sterling. Yeah, thanks, Sterling. Thank you. More in a few, y'all, on who is pulling up next week here on The Chop Sessions. This is your man, Sterling Golden, and this is Boston Free Radio. Y'all, what can I say? Big love and thank yous to John Shipton and Gabriel Shipton for pulling up this week on The Chop Session to discuss the award-winning documentary film, Ithaca. Fabulous conversation. If you want to know more about the latest goings-on with Ithaca, follow on social media at Ithaca Movie on Instagram, TikTok, and other fine platforms, or go to their website at Ithaca.movie to check out future screening dates. Family, all month long throughout the month of April, we have some dope guests coming through to sit down in the Chop Session studios to discuss their careers, their stories, and more, including next Monday, 6 p.m., U.S. Eastern Time, right here on Boston Free Radio. We have a longtime friend of mine in the industry, a fabulous DJ, Julie, out of Brazil, into New England, and throughout the world. Julie is still doing it big on the ones and the twos, brings the party like no other, and you will hear all about Julie's story next Monday, 6 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time, right here on Boston Free Radio. On April 17th, we have the Real D Nation pulling up, and then to close out the month of April on the 24th, we have award-winning Latin artist Yelena. Check her out, y'all. By the way, y'all, in case you ever slept on a Chop Session conversation or locked in late for a Boston Free Radio premiere, say less, we got you. You can stream episodes from seasons one through five on Spotify and now episodes from season six as well. So do that. Follow us on Spotify for our archive. And by the way, also, you can follow your man Sterling Golden on social media, on Instagram at DJ Sterling Golden, on Mastodon at Sterling Golden, and on TikTok at DJ Sterling Golden. Y'all, we thank you for locking in with us for our season premiere this week of The Chop Session. We are back with more next Monday, 6 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time, right here on Boston Free Radio. The Chop Session is a presentation of 320 Entertainment and Boston Free Radio. For now, your man Sterling Golden says stop. Rewind and relive almost 15 years of Sterling Tology. Golden Age of Radio, a Sterling Anthology. 
Experience the independent radio journey of the indefinable Sterling Golden through brand new conversations and vintage radio highlights from Sterlingtology Radio, Monday Night Gold, the classic Sterlingtology Live morning show, and of course, the award-winning shop session. Golden Age of Radio, a Sterling anthology. Stream it now on Spotify or on iHeart Podcasts. It's the ultimate lituation.